0: Open the word of God this morning to open our worship to 1st Samuel chapter 13, please. 1st Samuel 13. Let me read to you a couple of verses from this chapter about Saul and David. This is earlier than you think. Many people look at 1st Samuel 15 where Saul didn't kill the Amalekites as the issue that cost him the kingdom. It's not true. There was another issue before that in which he also disobeyed the word of the Lord through Samuel and didn't wait for Samuel and went ahead and offered a sacrifice without him being present. And that's right here in this context. 1 Samuel 13, verse 13. Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. The words that we want from this passage, without me preaching these two verses to you right now, are the words, the Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. We have used these verses many times, and we have used these verses in the last few weeks, but I want us to focus on those words alone. There's a lot of material around those words that is good about the sovereign government of God of raising one man up and putting another man down based on their performance, but we want the words that God, the Lord, sought him a man after his own heart. Those are high words to think about. The heart of God. Is there a man like the heart of God? Is there a woman like the heart of God? The Bible says there can be. The Bible says there was. Let's turn to Acts chapter 13 and find the New Testament reference to the verse we just read. In Acts chapter 13, Paul's preaching his first recorded sermon, in Antioch of Pisidia, modern Turkey. And he makes reference to 1 Samuel 13 and verse 14 as he gives a history of Israel. Acts 13, verse 21, for a little context. Acts 13, 21, and afterward, they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul, the son of Kis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, which we just read about in First Samuel thirteen thirteen, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Amen and amen. This is the truth of God's word about David in both testaments. After God's own heart. The real issue by the context of those verses is that Saul was disobedient and did not do the will of God. And David did do the will of God and would fulfill all his will like it is stated here by Paul in Acts 13, 22. David matched the heart of God. We're speaking about Jehovah, the God of the Bible. We're not talking about any other fuzzy-wuzzy caricature of that God or invention of the minds of men. We're talking about the God of the Bible. David was after the heart of God. Does God have a heart? Amen. It's where he thinks and moves in his passions for glory and praise and honor in the universe. David loved all those same things. Men say sometimes, men will say, you know, I like that man. He's a man after my own heart. Or, you know, someone in the military may say to someone under them, You know, you're a man after my own heart. And those are high words of praise. And when we hear those words from another person, they're very flattering. But to hear them from God, that it's his heart that's the measuring standard here, that is fantastic. And we ought to aspire to it. Some people will say to another, you know, we think alike. This is what God said to David. Some say, you know, two great minds. When there's agreement between two people, well, it's two great minds thinking alike. Well, David thought like God did. Right. And David even surprised God at times, if you'll allow me to say it that way. Like in 2 Samuel chapter 7, when David came up with the idea of building a temple for the Lord, the Lord said, when, when did I ever even suggest such a thing? Because it hadn't entered his mind for Israel to do that, except to move David to do it. God does not care about what outward stuff you have in your life. Do you all understand that? He doesn't care about your parents. He doesn't care about your IQ. He doesn't care about your physical prowess. He doesn't care about your income. He doesn't care about any of those things. All those things lined up before Samuel and the seven older brothers of David, but they were all rejected. This is not the one. This is not the one. This is not the one even though Samuel was convinced it was the one, because Samuel was measuring the way men measure. God measures differently. And the hope of the gospel and the hope of the word of God is that anyone here this morning, it doesn't matter about your age. David was very young. It doesn't matter about your parents. It doesn't matter what state you were born in. None of those things matter. What matters is, is your heart your passions, your zeal, your commitment, your faithfulness, your service to God and His people comparable to David. Right. And it can be by a choice. The Lord doesn't expect from you what you can't give, so if you can't give Him 1,000, talents of gold or silver, He doesn't care. Where's your heart in the matter? And how much of what you have, have you given? God doesn't care about the outward stuff. He looks on the heart. Anyone, no matter what outward stuff, and by outward stuff I mean all the other ways that men measure you. doesn't matter. You can be like David. David had passion like God and for God. David wanted to worship the God of heaven and glorify Him for who He was. I've tried to deal this week with some new traits, like the fact that David knew God and David loved God. And we read the Psalms to learn about God through David. And it's wonderful. But he, he loved God and he talked about God freely and he appealed to God's nature in his prayers. He had passion. He danced with all of his might. He lifted up the name of God. He used the name Jehovah in the book of Psalms. It's only used by three men in the entire Bible in that particular way. He thought like God. He thought of glorifying God and magnifying Him and exalting Him, extolling Him, and lifting Him up. He loved like God. He loved righteousness. He loved praise. He loved worship. You can be like David. It doesn't matter where you came from. None of us have an advantage when it comes to this issue because this issue can be settled right now by a choice. I want to be like David. I want to lift up the Lord, I want to serve His people, I want to love Him with passion, I want to hate wickedness, and I want to hate evildoers. All those things were true of David. He hated like God. We'll learn about that maybe today if we get far enough. He had zeal for God. The, the, The God of the Bible is known for his zeal. In Isaiah chapter 9, when it says, and you're very familiar with the words, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given his name, and it says, says, The government shall be upon his shoulder. It says, it says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. That's our God. David was like that. He was a man after God's own heart because David had zeal. That's why he danced the way he did. That's why he built a temple the way he did. That's why he got 204 skins instead of 100. Everything he did was with zeal. That's why he ran to meet Goliath. That's why he took five stones to meet Goliath because he was hoping there'd be a family reunion that day of the giant of Gath. We can do that right now. We are in boring surroundings. I'm sorry that we don't have a a vaulted ceiling 150 feet above you. I'm sorry there's no stained glass. I'm not very sorry, and you know that. But uh, right now it's a choice to love this God the way that David did. Are you intent on obeying God's will? David would fulfill the will of God so much that God would promise to him for a thousand generations and for all of eternity that his son would sit on his throne. Now that is a dynasty. You know, every time a sports team gets close to winning their second championship, they want to come up with the word dynasty. This is a dynasty. Amen. D- David's son is still sitting on his throne. And 10,000 years from now, as we sing in the last verse that's not in our songbooks, of over, of amazing grace, he'll still be sitting on David's throne. David obeyed in action and spirit, unlike Saul. You know, we know so little of the other men's hearts in the Bible. If I were to ask you to tell me about the heart of Abraham, what would you tell me? You could come back and tell me, well, he was called the friend of God. Yes, he was called the friend of God. Why was he the friend of God? We don't know that much about Abraham. If I were to ask you, tell me the heart of Isaac you know even less about him. If, you were to, if I were to give you a few seconds of silence right now to think about Isaac, you don't know that much about him. But David's heart we know. And it was after God's heart, and his life was after God's heart, even though he sinned. And so we're in good company, aren't we? David sinned, we've sinned, we can be like David and glorify the Lord and have him say wonderful things like that about us. He can delight in us if we choose right now, this day, this service, to delight in him. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Father in heaven, all honor and glory, blessing and praise, dominion and power, riches and wisdom belong to thee and thy Son forever. Thou alone art God, wast God and shall ever be God, independent, eternal, invisible, immortal, our God and Father in heaven. We bless and praise thee above all. We thank Thee for Thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the surety that stands and sits at Thy right hand and bears His bleeding wounds to make intercession for us. We are eternally secure, forever safe, because of His finished work of perfect righteousness on the cross of Calvary, His resurrection from the dead, His ascension into heaven, His coronation as Lord of heaven and earth, and His salvation seat at your right hand. But Heavenly Father, we thank you that we also know about your dealings in the affairs of men, that you put one man up and you put another down. You put Saul up and Saul squandered a tremendous privilege, a great blessing. He was profane. He would not wait. He would not keep your commandments. He would not keep your will. He would not obey Samuel. And you put him down. And you put his family down. And you put his tribe down. And he lost the potential of a perpetual dynasty. We thank thee that ye raised up David. We thank you that he was the eighth son. We thank you that he was the forgotten son. We thank you that he was so young so that our youth that can hear my voice right now, and our children, they can desire and aspire to be like David. And Heavenly Father, he was a man after your own heart that would keep your commandments and be a commander and leader for your people, far superior to Saul, and he would fulfill all your will. And he did so, so well that you have named your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of David. He comes from David both biologically and legally and we thank Thee for them both. We thank Thee for the example of a sinner, David, that was a man after Your own heart, and we pray that this day You will stir us up, that we will make similar choices in our thinking, in our speaking, and in our actions, that we would be like David. Heavenly Father, we know that Your work in us is higher than that, and that You will conform us to the image of Your Son when You get done with us. And we pray that you will yet continue your perfecting work in us. Let nothing hinder it. O Lord, we look forward to our glorification. When we will lose these corrupt bodies, temptations to sin, the lusts of our flesh, and be forever perfect in your presence. Then we'll truly be men and women after your own heart. Until then, Lord, O Lord, make us to go in the way of your commandments. Incline our hearts after your precepts, and away from covetousness. O Lord, take away all the thoughts of this world and help us to set our affection on things above. Let us be like David and be discontent unless we are worshiping with all our might, to be discontent that you were being worshiped in a tent when he could build you a fixed dwelling place. Let us be like him, Lord. He was a musician, and we are about to sing. Let us reach deep into our souls and bring forth that melody that you have put there by your regenerating spirit and let our lips lift up a loud and skillful noise that will praise thee in a way that is worthy of thee. Let us sing with our understanding and let us worship thee like David would and the son of David would. Lord, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is meeting with us today and the secret meeting that we're having here with him exceeds any meeting that is taking place on earth. And we thank Thee for the privilege, the blessed privilege, the gracious privilege. It is all of grace that we would be here as Your children. Heavenly Father, we thank You for America and pray for it. We thank You for brethren that we have met around the world, and we pray for every one of them. We thank You for every God-called, Christ-commissioned servant of Yours that will preach this day, bless Him, and grant the word of the Lord to have free course And to be glorified. Let sinners be converted, churches strengthened and protected, and your kingdom lengthened, broadened, and deepened in this world. Forgive us our sins. Heavenly Father, like as a father, a good father, pities his children and remembers that their frame is dust. Pity us and remember us and put all of our sins that we have already prayed this morning earlier with the men, under the blood of your Son, and forgive us. And we believe in your faithfulness and your justness that you will do just that. Now be with us. Lift us up in the Spirit. You're able to do it. You're able to reinvigorate us. You have told us to awake, thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. We're awaking. We're rising. Strengthen us, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.